Happy December 12th, listeners of the One America podcast. This is your host, Sophia Nelson. And today's episode is a special dedicated episode to the late Robert J. Dole, Senator from Kansas, uh, World War II hero, American statesman, um, co-author of the Americans with Disability Act, helped to save single-handedly Medicare and Social Security when they were in crisis, also helped to pass the Dr. Martin Luther King holiday on the Republican side, and just a great American. We honored him this week. He was uh, honored by lying in state at the Capitol Rotunda, something that very few Americans get such an honor, and also at the National Cathedral and then at the World War II Memorial He will be buried at Arlington National Cemetery. And I talk about Bob Dole, a man who I knew and met many times, and his legacy, the legacy of civility and bipartisanship and where we are now in our cancel culture and in our uncivil, uncivil culture. Tune in, listen up, and share as you can. Hope you're having a great day. Take care. Good morning and welcome to the One America podcast. This is your host, Sophia Nelson. Happy Sunday. Happy start of a new week. We are now, oh goodness, less than two weeks away from Christmas Day. So get your shopping done. And if you're going to mail something, you're going to want to do it by Monday, uh, which is going to be the 14th or at least by the 15th is probably the last mail day. So get your stuff mailed. Don't forget grandma. Don't forget mom. Don't forget your aunts. I'm an aunt. Aunts get forgotten and we do a lot of good stuff and we give a lot of love. Your uncles too. Today uh, on our podcast, we're going to break a little bit from the cancel culture uh, series that we have, although we will get back to it um, in the next two weeks that we have left in the month of December as we close out uh, the year 2021. We're going to finish on cancel culture the podcast that I had with uh, Dr. Christina Crenshaw, formerly of Baylor University, now at Dallas Theological Seminary, was wildly popular, um, got a lot of media calls from it as well, widely listened to, and uh, this topic continues to generate interest. Um, stay tuned. There will be a lot coming from me and others on the uh, situation at Christopher Newport University um, that happened in October of this year. Uh, as I became a new scholar in residence at the university, the first black female in the school's history, and uh, became the subject of protests, of petitions, of attacks, of threats, of intimidation, of harassment, uh, all of that because I asked a question, uh, as you all know, about a fictitious uh, bisexual cartoon character um, and how Christians would talk to their children about that. But we'll do a lot more on that um, later, uh, after the holidays, and into the new year. Um, Today, I want to dedicate today's podcast, however, to a great American patriot, Bob Dole. Now, whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, an Independent, it doesn't matter. If you're over 50, probably over 40, you know who Bob Dole was. Uh, He was someone familiar to you in your childhood growing up on your television as a senator, as a presidential candidate, as Senate Majority Leader for the Republican Party, but he was also someone who was respected, widely liked on both sides of the political aisle. He represented a time that we no longer enjoy as Americans in the world's now oldest democracy, 
and the last great hope of the world, in my opinion. And we're failing. Uh, the President of the United States, Joe Biden, held a, a uh, conference over the last few days last week about the state of democracy around the world. And by any objective measure, America is failing. We're falling behind. Um, we have had an insurrection. Call it what it is. It was that. Let's not lie. A part of keeping a nation free, a part of keeping a republic standing, is for you to take ownership of what's good about your country and what you need to work on. We are in a state of civil disorder, civil disrespect, unkindness, members of Congress attacking each other in ways that never would have happened even a decade ago, definitely not 20 years ago, and definitely not 30 years ago when I was a United States Senate intern. God, it's been that long. And uh, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have been allowed. It would have been censured. They would have been removed. They would have been taken down. Uh, not so now. We take guns to the hill. We don't want to wear masks in a public health crisis. We call our fellow members of Congress of different religions jihadist, jihad squad. Uh, we refer to partner nations as shithole countries. We're out of control. And yes, I'm not both siding this. You guys know I'm going to call a thing a thing. It's mostly the Republican Party. There's no doubt about it. It's not the Republican Party I know. It's not the one I joined in 1988 as a uh, sophomore in college who uh, heard a speech by uh, former Congressman Jack Kemp of New York, played football in the NFL, was a San Diego Charger, someone who became a mentor, a friend, and someone who I modeled myself after uh, in my politics and my thought life. Uh, a great gentleman, understood the party of Lincoln, understood that the Republican Party was once a great party under men like Dwight Eisenhower and Teddy Roosevelt and Abraham Lincoln and Margaret Chase Smith and others, Everett Dirksen, and understood that we needed to recapture that essence of who we were and bring it into a new century. Uh, Jack, was always beating the drum loudly. And he was also Bob Dole's running mate in the 1996 presidential election. I want to talk a little bit about Robert J. Dole today and his wife, Elizabeth Hanford Dole. Uh, they had a great love story. Today did a wonderful piece on them. If you're interested, just Google it, uh, about their love story together almost 50 years. Um, met later in life, Elizabeth Dole, then Hanford being... Uh, one of the first women to graduate Harvard Law, beautiful beauty queen, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, from the South. Uh, Bob Dole had been married and divorced, uh, had suffered grievous injuries in World War II. He was lucky to be alive, had a daughter. Um, and he and Elizabeth were in their 40s when they met. Um, she was just about 40. And at that time, unheard of for a woman to be unmarried uh, by the time she was in her early 20s. Um, and so she was someone I always looked up to and admired uh, because she charted her own course. She blazed her own trail. Uh, first woman transportation secretary, uh, served for Ronald Reagan and many others, and um, a United States senator in her own right from North Carolina. Always graceful, always classy. Uh, I grew up in an era of politics, folks, where it didn't matter if you didn't agree with the Democrats on the other side or the Republicans on the other side or even some independents. 
At the end of the day, when we got off work on the hill, on Capitol Hill, whether it was in the 80s when I was interning or in the 90s when I worked on the hill as a committee counsel, we would always drink, eat. Donna Brazil, one of my best buddies, uh, many people from across the other side of the aisle, Julian Epstein, I could keep ticking off names. We would go out, we'd drink together, we'd dance, we'd party. We're all still friends to this day. Karen Finney. Again, I can keep ticking off names of folks on the other side of the aisle who are still some of my best friends to this day. Um, John Lewis, the great civil rights icon and congressman, one of the first people I met when I was working for uh, Daddy Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush in the 1992 reelect campaign. I met President, not then President Clinton, but Governor Clinton, Vice President Al Gore, then Senator Gore. I've met Joe Biden many times. Uh, I've been blessed Boy, I've been blessed to meet some amazing people from Charlie Chisholm, um, you know, to Nancy Kassenbaum. Um, when I was interning in the U.S. Senate in the late 1980s, there were only two women, two in the United States Senate. Barbara Mulkowski of Maryland and Nancy Kassenbaum of Kansas. Two. That was it. Fast forward to 2021 and there are now, what, 26 women in the United States Senate One of them went on to become the nation's first female vice president. That's, of course, Vice President Harris. And so it's a different world and a lot of progress has been made. But one of the things that we lost is what we all witnessed. If you watched any of the memorial service for Bob Dole, whether it was at the Capitol, whether it was at the National Cathedral or the World War II Memorial where Tom Hanks spoke. Tom Hanks is no blazing Republican, folks. But what? I hope you saw, young people, was a time when America and the cradle of our democracy in the Capitol was a place of respect, accord, honor, dignity, bipartisanship. Yes, people fought. Yes, people didn't agree. But they fought about policy. They fought about taxes. They fought about Social Security and Medicare. They fought about whether or not we should be in Iraq or Afghanistan. They thought about and fought about things of consequence. They did not fight each other. They did not, did not curse one another. They did not tear one another down. They did not besmirch one another's character, threaten one another's families, send out Christmas cards. At the height of the NRA in the 80s and the 90s, their power, I never saw Christmas cards with members of Congress and their kids, their little kids with guns. What are we doing? Who have we become because it's not good. I want to encourage you to go and uh, Google Brian Williams, yes, the great NBC anchors, final words on the 11th hour on Thursday evening of this past week. Just Google it, Brian Williams farewell. Three minutes of sheer raw power in terms of a message to us as Americans about who we were, who we are now, and who we need to aspire to be. And what's at risk? Because a lot is at risk. A form of tyranny has gripped us, a form of fascism, a form of authoritarianism and ugliness and hatefulness and unkindness. I got a lot of thoughts about how we got here. And no, it wasn't one party that got us here. It was decades of soft bigotry and um, sexism and racism and unkindness and us overlooking things we should have confronted. The working class in this country, white, black, yellow, and red, feeling disaffected and disenfranchised, 
becoming angrier and angrier that their jobs were shipped away, that uh, we took all the great things that we used to manufacture here right in the United States of America and we sent them abroad to other countries that now have economies 10 times as strong as ours. I'm talking about China. That we squandered our treasure on endless wars, the sons and daughters of America coming home in body bags instead of coming home to be productive, brave, and and amazing citizens to help build this republic and make it greater. But I want to use Bob Dole as a metaphor. You know, uh, Dole, one of my great disappointments in Bob Dole, if I had one, was that he didn't stand up to Donald Trump. And that's been brought up a lot since his death, that here was an elder statesman on the level of George Herbert Walker Bush and other great American presidents, senators, uh, men who helped to preserve this republic with their very lives. Dole, like John McCain, leaving uh, limbs, in a sense, parts of his his arm, um, injuries that were severe. Daniel Inouye, a senator from Hawaii. John McCain, the great senator from Arizona. You didn't have to agree with these guys' politics. But you could always respect them because they were respectable. And when I think of Bob Dole and the Americans with Disability Act, how he crossed over to work with Tom Harkin and Teddy Kennedy, two liberal lines of the Senate, Dole no liberal, or when he worked to make sure that the Martin Luther King holiday got passed and that Ronald Reagan actually would sign it. Bob Dole was the guy who, at the 1996 convention, told Republicans, if you are trying to bring racism into this party, I'm paraphrasing. If you if you think that there's a place for that here, you're wrong. There's not. There's the door. Get out. That's Bob Dole. That's the gentleman from Kansas. Again, you didn't have to agree with his politics, but he loved this country. He served this country, not just in war, but as a senator from his beloved Kansas. He fought to make sure that the World War II veterans were honored properly with a great memorial that's down on the National Mall. If you've never seen it, please go. Take your kids. Take your grandkids. If you still got a grandparent alive, as I do, from that generation, make sure they see it. This was an amazing American. But he didn't stand up to Trump, and that troubled me and many others because he could have. But what he did do was he left us a letter. His last letter is in USA Today. It was run on December the 6th. And you can Google it. And the headline is Bob Dole saying to us, America needs unity to rediscover its greatness. I want to park there for a moment. America needs unity to rediscover her greatness. I couldn't agree more. Thus the name of this podcast, One America Podcast. I'm still an optimist. With all I've seen with all that disappoints me, with all that shakes me to my core. I believe that there are good Americans, great Americans, dedicated, loyal Americans who will still give their life for their country in battle if called upon, who will still answer the clarion call of freedom, who would still get on a horse and ride through the city like Paul Revere, alerting their fellow countrymen to danger. But the danger this time, folks, is not from without. The danger is from within. We have a cancer growing. It is as evil 
and is dangerous and is ugly, has any disease, has any war, has any tyrant, and it's growing from the inside. It's on social media in the worst of ways. It's in our families. We're unkind. We're unforgiving. We're relentless. We are thoughtless. We're careless with the most precious thing we ever get. And that's those that we love. We work all the time. We're on all the time. Our faces are stuck in our phones literally 24 hours a day. And when we're not doing that, we're on email or we're on a laptop or we're on an iPad or we're on the MacBook. And we're working. And we're missing things. We're missing the essence of courageous conversation, which is why I started the whole cancel culture series. I am still in shock at the appalling conduct of my colleagues at Christopher Newport University over a tweet, a tweet, a question. You have a conversation. You say, hey, I didn't like that. Let's talk about it. Let's let's have a forum with the kids and let's learn something and let's dig into this and let's figure out how we here in the hallowed halls of academia where we have PhDs and JDs and master's degrees where we come together and we debate and we dialogue and we write papers and we think, no, 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 that's not what we do today. What we do today is we skank you, we besmirch you, we attack you, we violate you, we slander you, we defame you. And then we go and we make sure it's on the internet and we tag your name with things. And we make sure that when somebody Googles your name, they no longer see all the good things you've done in your life. They no longer see your accolades or your laurels. They see a tweet, a tweet that's distorted and taken out of context with the other 10 to 12 that was with that one tweet. They do it intentionally to, as they say, give you a consequence for your speech for your conduct. They want to give you consequence. We're in a consequence culture, they tell me, where the mob, whether the mob has four people in it, 10 people in it, or 30 people in it, or a thousand people in it, decides your punishment. They're judge, they're jury, and they're executioner. When they don't like something you say, they kill you for it. If not literally, figuratively. And they so destroy your, your name and, and, and your ability to communicate that you're a pariah. So your speaking engagements dry up. Or if you go to a speaking engagement, they protest that and they put pressure on the company or the, the university or the industry or, or the forum or the, the think tank that invites you and they threaten them that if you do this, we'll protest you. They don't like the programming on Netflix because they... Have a guy like Dave Chappelle, who's controversial, no doubt. I think he's offensive. I've told you that. I think he's a potty mouth, nasty guy. But he's funny. And he picks on everybody. Black women, white men, gay, straight, Catholic, Protestant. He spares no one. That's what comedians do. These folks wouldn't have made it back in the day of Eddie Murphy's Raw and... Uh, what was it, Delirious? Was that the name of it? Those were really, wow, like, wow. They wouldn't do well with that. My point is this. We are no longer the America of Bob Dole, of my grandfather Samuel E. Smith, of George Herbert Walker Bush, of Jimmy Carter, 
uh, of that World War II great generation, the greatest generation, Tom Brokaw called them. We're no longer even in the America of John Lewis and of my parents' generation, the civil rights generation and the women's rights movement. We're in a place now where we are just uncivil. And it is the hallmark of who we are. When historians look back 100 years from now, I am convinced that they will see many things, but they will all agree that the great decline of America started probably long before the 2016 election, but really probably closer to the second term of President Obama, maybe really in the first, the 2010, the Tea Party movement. And the discontent was clear, the Sarah Palins, the, the discord, the, the pushing of the envelope and saying things that you could not say before because they were simply incivil, uncivil, unkind, disrespectful, not what we do. Now we do it every day and we've become accustomed to it. We've accepted gun violence. We've accepted murder. We've accepted death. We've accepted our kids getting shot up in kindergarten or in high school or in college. And we're good with it. We say we're not, but we are. Oh, let's be clear. And I'm a big gun owner. I'm going to the range today. I'm telling you, we're in trouble. And I'm not the only one sounding the alarm. I see it all around me. And it all comes from a lack of basic manners, a lack of basic respect and decency. The hallmark of men like Bob Dole, who, after he lost the 1996 election, Google this, Bill Clinton invited him to the White House and gave him the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest honor you can get. And in doing so, Bob Dole, of course, went. Clinton gracious. You don't have to like Bill Clinton, but the guy was smooth. The guy was a good politician and he was gracious. He was the same with George Herbert Walker Bush after defeating him in 92. They became good friends. He became like a another son, President Bush was found to have said many times about him. But Bob Dole goes to the White House, opens up with I, Robert J. Dole. And everybody starts laughing. And he's given the oath of office like, oh, that was the speech I had hoped to give. And everybody laughs and everybody's happy and everybody's patting each other on the back because that's what we used to do in America. That's what made us the envy of the world. We didn't go kill our political opponents. We didn't yell, lock them up. We didn't attack People like Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's given honored service, who is one of the world's most respected epidemiologists and infectious disease experts that ever lived. And now we threaten him. He has to have security for Christ's sake. They threaten the man's life because they don't like that he suggested we wear a mask or that we take a vaccine. We're sick. We're not well. I have been threatened so many times death threats, vile things that I have to have security when I speak. It's just the fact of life. At the end of the day, this is where we are. Many of my fellow journalists have been through this. We go through it every day. It's the price we pay to try to do our jobs. And it's wrong. And it's not the America I grew up in. It's not the America I want for my nieces. It's not the America that I want for their children and their grandchildren. It's not the America that I want for my godsons and daughters and, and, and my friends' kids. Um, it's just not. It's not the America I want. But it's the one we've got. So I just wanted to kind of talk about Bob Dole a little bit today and just remind us of what an elder gentleman statesman looks like, what a good 
brave American acts like, how he or she comports themselves and conducts themselves. And I'll end with this. I watched uh, Sunday Today uh, this morning, and great job, Willie Geist. I'm going to get Willie on this podcast sooner or later. And he had an interview with Hillary Clinton that really broke me down in tears. She read, uh, she's one of the featured people on Masterclass, the Resilience Podcast. Masterclass, of course, is a huge uh, platform, and she's talking about resilience. And in that podcast, she reads excerpts of her speech that she never got to give in November of 2016 when she unexpectedly lost the election to Donald Trump. And she has a part in there where she's talking about her mother, who was a little girl who was abandoned and left and put on a train and sent to go live with relatives. And what that was like for her mother. And in this speech that she never got to give, where she, of course, presumed she was going to be the victor, she talks about telling her mother about the great American dream and promise that although poor and abandoned and left, her daughter would one day grow up to be president of the United States of America. Well, her daughter didn't grow up to be president of the United States, but she grew up to be secretary of state, a United States senator, and first lady. That ain't bad. And the first woman to ever be nominated by a political party for president of the United States. So what am I saying? Here's what I want to say to you all. As we end this year, 2021, I want to encourage you to be mindful. Mindful of how you talk to people, how you treat people, what you're saying on social media, what you're taking in from social media, how much time you're spending on social media. Um, are you letting your neighbors say crazy stuff about, you know, vaccines and growing mole on your head or, or growing three legs if you take the booster shot and you don't check them? Are you silent when you see a colleague tell a racist joke? Or do you politely say, hey, that's not what we do. When you disagree, can you disagree respectfully and agreeably? Can you say, hey, let's have a cup of coffee and talk about that? Let's, let's figure this out. Or do you attack, violate, destroy? I don't know. Only you can answer that question. But that's where I am today. I'm going to miss guys like Bob Dole and ladies like Margaret Chase Smith and, and some of the other great women leaders that we've had who um, exhibited Nothing but class, grace, decorum, kindness, competence, and goodness. We need more of that in America, not less. We need more Bob Doles. We need more George Bushes. We need more good men and women to serve who not just talk it, but walk it. Walk is a light. I'm grateful Joe Biden's president of the United States of America. That's going to upset some of my listeners. I don't care. He's a good president. He's a good man. He had a tough act to follow. Uh, but the economy's humming, and there are a lot of things going right. And let's pray that 2022 is a year of prosperity for all of us, a year of good health for all of us, and a year of clarity in how we talk to each other and treat one another. I'll talk to you again soon. We'll be back next week with more on cancel culture. Great guests coming up. Take care. Bye-bye.